You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Jesus, through these things, to teach disciples 
and the promise that we have, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That Jesus is on that journey with us of sharing our faith. In Mark 16, 15, it says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So he doesn't say go to some people or go to people, you know, go into all the world to preach the good news to everyone. Friends, you and I as followers of Jesus, we are called to share the good news of Jesus to around us. We are called to share our faith. And also the question, where do you find yourself in the section of sharing your faith? Are you like one of those dumb whole people like my friend Ben who's like, yeah, come on, I can go and talk to Jesus about everyone. To everyone. Or you get like me. A little bit hesitant, a little bit outside your comfort zone, a little bit unsure how to speak. You're in good company, my friend. That's me too. What does looking for like sharing our faith look like in our world today? Does it involve talking about Jesus? Is it sharing our stories? Is it finding out people's stories? Is it in the way we live, the way we love people, well, the way we care for them, we encourage them, we speak to them? Can you and I, can we together, can we reach out to our world and bring people to a place where they encounter Jesus, where they know the good news of who he is and how much he loves them? You know, we have ABC and we yes to all the above. The answer is B, yes to all the above, right? So let's look at the story in the Bible that I believe will encourage us and stir us on in sharing our faith and bringing people to Jesus. This story is the story of the friends who bring, or the men who bring the paralyzed man to Jesus. Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 25. If you're following along the screen, follow your Bible. One day Jesus was speaking, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Now, let me lock this verse in there because we're going to come back to it. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man the mat and tried to take him to the house to lay before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on a mat through the crowd into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friends, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he, the paralyzed man, immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on, and went home praising the Lord. What an amazing account that through meeting Jesus, through being brought to Jesus, a paralyzed man is restored to health. Friends, can I encourage you, when people meet Jesus, when people encourage Jesus, something is bound to happen. Something supernatural is bound to heaven happen because he is an awesome, miracle-working, powerful God. He is the one who brings through breakthrough. He is the one who brings through restoration. So let's look at the story a bit more. Let's unpack it a little bit so we can see the power of Jesus at work, but also the practicality of bringing people to Jesus, of sharing our faith. So let's set the scene here of this story. These friends have this, these men have this friend who's paralyzed. He has a need. The friend has a need. He needs something. And the news of Jesus' miracle working power has spread through the region. Now, this story doesn't tell us whether the man requested to be brought to Jesus or whether 
these men his friends decided, you know what, we're going to bring these leaves. The story doesn't tell us that either, leave, either way, those men had a need when his friends brought him to Jesus. So what does that mean for you and I today? Friends, there are people in your world, people that you and I encounter each and every day, people in our sphere of influence who have a need that Jesus will meet. There are people in your world, in your workplaces, in your schools, in your universities, in your cakes, in the cafe that you go to, in the local shopping center, in your sports clubs, in your gyms that you visit, that have a need that Jesus will meet. What do they need Jesus for? Perhaps instead of hope, they have to cope into their hopelessness. Peace and rest into their anxiety. Strength and provision. Perhaps it's freedom from guilt and shame. Perhaps it's healing, restoration of relationships. People in our world have a need that Jesus can and will meet. And friends, you and I can bring them to Jesus. Just like these men brought the men to the paralyzed man to Jesus, you can actually bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. But what does this look like? Perhaps it's building friendships. Loving them well, speaking life, speaking words of encouragement, speaking truth of their life. Finding opportunities to connect them to God. Can I encourage you this morning? This is not something you've got to do in your own strength. This is not something that you have to go like I've been working for a lot. You can be part of a journey, part of pointing people to Jesus. To be assured that the miracle working power of Jesus is at work. Because, like I said, lots of men that met that verse in November, verse 17, it says, And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Now, this is before the men even got into Jesus. So the miracle working power of Jesus was already present before the men got into Jesus. Friends, even before we bring people to Jesus, even before we share our faith, the miracle working power of Jesus is already at work. Be encouraged. Jesus is the source, not me and I. We can follow His lead. His power will work in and through us as we share our faith. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that from His glorious, unlimited resources, Jesus has glorious, unlimited resources. He will empower you. That He will give you the power with inner strength through His Spirit. See, Jesus' miracle working power is already at work. But see, in inviting people and loving them well in conversations that you might have when you share your story, He is the one who does the joining. He is the one who brought people in. I know about you, that's a bit like a because that takes a little bit of pressure off you because it's not relying on my ability to draw them in. Holy Spirit, Jesus is drawing them in. It says in John 12, 32, and this is Jesus speaking, and when I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. It doesn't say, Rainer, you've got to draw everyone to me. I will draw everyone to myself. But you know, the other great thing we can see is that as we grow in becoming more like Jesus as his followers, if people see Jesus in you, in the way you treat them, in the way you love them, people see Jesus in you and are drawn to them. Be encouraged in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, it says, So all of us who have had that veil removed, or which in other words means to know Jesus, all of us have a veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of God. Diane, you, you see and reflect the glory of God in everything that you do. In the people that you encounter, you reflect the glory of God. And then it says, And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like Him. So as we continue to grow and being, being more like Him, we reflect His image even more. But we are changed into His glorious image. And this took me a while to wrap my head around, and I'm still wrapping my head around it a little bit, because 
people welcome to do, you know, this there's something different about you. You know, you're such a good person and to be honest, I can relate to the culture being kind of like, oh, no, no, I'm not going back anymore. You should have brushed it off a little bit. But, you know, I've started to be bold enough to say, you know what, my faith is different, but I'm, I'm actually not that good. But I actually can't emulate the one I follow. I can't emulate Jesus who I follow. See, in my own strength, like, let's be honest, I'm probably a five to six on a good day. Like, I try to be a good person, right? In my own strength, five to six. And I'm being pretty generous there, guys. Like, maybe six on a really good day. Um, but with Jesus working in me, with his power working in me, as I try to emulate the one I follow, I reckon I'm a solid 7 to 8, and I'm a really good day. It may be even 8.5 to 9 in terms of goodness. Yeah, <laughs> not bad, not quite bad. It's not the most perfect yet. <laughs> but see, people, people see the goodness of God in me. As I become more Christ-like, as I, as I work in uh, becoming a disciple and following Jesus, that people see Jesus in me, and they're drawn to that. He has to draw impressive. Jesus said, I will draw all people to myself. And see, I don't say this in a boastful way here in my heart, but it's the power that we have. The power we have is following Jesus to love people well. And this is not something that's unique to me. You know, I've, I've heard multiple people, I know, like how Pastor Ozzy, her boss, the Catholic, to be like, we've never met anyone like you before. But that's a powerful statement, isn't it? Because, you know, the world sees something different in you. People who need to know Jesus and see something different in you, they will see the light and life of Christ in you, and they will just be like, whoa, what is that? I've never seen anything like that. Tell me more. So can I encourage you that the miracle working power of Jesus is already at work in your life, in and through you? Let's continue looking at the story, right? So in Luke chapter 5, verse 19, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crime, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the child into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Hey, your sins are forgiven. So the picture here we have is they couldn't find a way to Jesus. The room was blocked with the crowd. But they had to adopt a different strategy. They had to think of a different way to bring the man to Jesus. They had to lower him to the roof. Houses that kind of out their staircases so they would have to carry the man on the mat up the stairs to the roof, opening up the roof or removing the tiles and lowering to the roof. All this involved action. But it also took faith. And we see that Jesus recognized and acknowledged this faith in verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith in verse 20. So what does this mean for you and I today, friends? Bringing people to Jesus involves both faith and action. James 2.14 says, What good is it, dear brothers, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by action? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Pretty strong words, but it points back to the faith and action going hand in hand. Paul was encouraging the church. He said, We thank him because in Colossians 1.4, we thank him because we have heard about the faith you have in Christ Jesus, that's the one side, and the love you have for all God's people. The faith and the love, the action. See, bringing people to Jesus involves both the faith and action. The faith is trusting God will do what only He can, that He will draw people, that He will give you the words, that He will speak the truth. See, those men in the story had faith, because the reality was that if He wasn't healed, how was He going to get out of the room? The crowd's still in the room. They had to have believed that the man was going to walk out of the room. So they had to have the faith to go, you know what, God, you are going to do what only you can. Jesus, you are going to do what only you can. That's the faith. The confidence and assurance of the text about Jesus living being certain of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. But it also takes action. 
when they couldn't see how to get into the room, that is, have a different perspective, that I can get pressed and say, hang on, we can't get straight to Jesus. How do we get him up there? Put the roof down. It's just action. It was a little bit uncomfortable to carry um, a big weight up there. Maybe it was a little bit out of their comfort zone, having to lower them down on rope. It's a bit like that sort of sometimes, right? Staring at face, the action of it. But what an incredible opportunity we have to partner with God in sharing our faith and bringing people to Jesus. That we trust that God will do what He can, what only He can, but we also take action in our part. So what does this action look like in our everyday life? How can you and I partner faith and action in seeing people reach? Well, talking, listening to people, asking questions to learn their story. You know, what I've found is that when you talk and listen to people, you ask questions. You hear so much about their life. People share things that they've been through, what they've gone through, what they know. But you have an opportunity to speak truth, to speak God's truth, to speak life into the situation. Loving people well, caring for them, encouraging them, being kind, being generous. See, when you love people well, it's a little bit countercultural where we live in a little bit of an individualistic society. When someone is, is kind and generous or speaks lovely, lovingly, when that's not what's normally experienced, it shows them God's heart. Again, it draws them to Jesus. Sharing your story, what God has done in your life, that is powerful. Inviting them to church, inviting them to in connecting with people from the church, events like our carols at Gateway, an opportunity to invite people to church. What happens when you do that? You give them an opportunity to see a different perspective. This is something they might not experience before to encounter the love of Jesus. See, this action part is still, still something I'm learning about. And as I said at the start, like, this is not something that comes naturally to me. Like, you might think, oh, he's a pastor. It must be easy to share a It must be easy to talk about Jesus. But, you know, I hear these, like, about these mighty men and women of God who go, like, into cafes or they catch someone on the plane next to them and be like, I've got you for eight hours and want to share their faith with them. And to be honest, I'd like a little bit cringe because I'm like, oh, I could never do that. Like, that's so not my personality. Um, and so that became a bit of a sticking point for me in sharing my faith because I was like, oh, that's not my personality. I can't do that. But see, God had to change the way I think about that. God had to reveal to me to show me that, hey, I've given you unique abilities and gifts to share your faith. It might not look like sitting next to someone on the plane and sharing all about Jesus for eight hours, but I've given you opportunities to love people. Or I've given you words of knowledge to speak into people's situations. I've given you opportunities to be generous and kind so that you can show the love of Jesus to people. See, I've had greater revelation that God is the one who brings people to Him. So I just have to be obedient. I just have to follow His way and what He says to me. And this is not something that's unique to me, my friends. Each and every one of you has abilities that God has given you. You need gifts and abilities to share your faith, to love people well, to bring people to Jesus. So I ask you the question then, who is this in your, in your world? You know, when I speak about bringing people to Jesus, whose name comes to mind? Who's face do you see? Yeah, I truly believe Holy Spirit is going to put people's names, people's faces in front of you because He wants them to be brought to Jesus. And you are part of that journey. You are unique abilities and gifting to bring them to Jesus. You know, like I said, I have to allow Jesus to change the way I think. I tell Jesus to show me a different way of thinking in that area. Perhaps you're a bit like me. 
but there's just an important time that makes it hard for you to show your face. You know, the way kids were learning about changing our thoughts. And Romans 12, 2 says, Let God transform the way you think, change into a new person by transforming the way you think. And the little, like, catchphrase we have, but I think it's so powerful for us. But we can, we can have that. We can catch them. We can catch them against God's truth. And then we can change them. Sounds a bit like probably the other day, you know, in the Bible says. But we can catch our thoughts. We can catch them against God's truth. And we can change them. So can I encourage you, my friends, that we can allow Holy Spirit to change the way we think of our soul and our faith. What are you needing God to help you with so that you can bring people to Jesus? And that's the point in your life. John 14, 26 says, But the helper will teach you everything and cause you to remember everything, all that I told you. The helper is the Holy Spirit that the Father will send in my name. Friends, how good is this that we don't have to rely on our own cleverness or our own intellect or our own skills in speaking, but you and I can ask the Holy Spirit to teach us and help us in saying our thoughts, give us the word. So let's just let's, let's, let's do something we journey on together. And can I encourage you to be assured of this, that when people come to Jesus, he brings about the outcome. Because if you look back at this story, what's the outcome of a paralyzed man being brought to Jesus? Jesus brings about breakthrough and restoration above and beyond what appeared to be needed. He brings about breakthrough and restoration above and beyond what the need appeared to be. In verse 24 to 26, it says, But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mic, and go home. Immediately he stood in front of him. Took all he could lie on and went home praising God. He gave him like a physical aid that day. The man got up and started walking. But Jesus goes beyond the surface of the plane. He deals with the heart issue. He speaks forgiveness into that man's life. And that's the heart of Jesus. That we might see a need on the surface. But when people are brought to Jesus, Jesus works through the physical issue. He deals with the heart issue. And can I encourage you, my friends, Jesus has an excellent track record of meeting people's needs as they come to him. He has an excellent track record. The woman of the issue of God, the blind man of Bethsaida. But he also has an excellent track record of restoring people's relationship with him as they come to him. When he meets the key, the Samaritan woman at the well, the jailer that Paul and Silas were in prison with, they all came to that relationship with God. So how does this apply to you and I today? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus Christ is eternally changeless, always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. So if he has the excellent track record back then, he has an excellent track record today. If Jesus can meet the need back then, above and beyond what the need appears to be, he can meet the need today, above and beyond what it appears to be. So be encouraged, Jesus will do the same today. He will encounter the people in your world. He will meet their needs and He will restore their relationship with Him. We can stand on that truth. We can believe that. Let's be honest. What happens when it doesn't happen straight away? See, in this account in verse 25, immediately, immediately the man was healed. 
I know for many of you, I know for me, there's loved ones that we have this deep in our world who have been questioning, believing to come to Jesus. We've been saying off that we believe to Jesus, but we don't see the outcome. You're like, I've got the faith, I've been putting things into action, and yet to see the outcome. Again, you're in good company, right? I'm sure as many of us here who know that. Your loved ones are like and the words we have this morning, this is Second Peter 3, verse 5. That the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, he's not slow in keeping his promise. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. See, Jesus is wanting your loved ones, my loved ones, to come back into relationship even more than you and I do. So let that give you a strength, let that give you hope, let that give you confidence. And you know, I believe today that there are people here that the word I have is God is going to give you fresh insight, a different perspective on how to share your faith. Because maybe you feel like you've been doing it and you're not seeing the outcome yet. But there is fresh insight from Holy Spirit. There is a different perspective. Like those men have to find a different way to get their friends to Jesus. Holy Spirit is going to give you dreams, it's going to give you thoughts, it's going to give you ideas, fresh insight on how to bring your loved ones to Jesus. And let that assure you, let that give you peace. And as I wrap up this morning, let me encourage you once again that Jesus is working. In miracle working power, drawing people to himself. But as we choose to partner with him in faith and action, you and I will see the outcome of people being stronger and people being restored to relationship with Jesus. You and I will see what we can do and we can become. And I'll finish this story where I saw God do this exact thing in my world. So, about this thing, we've been friends for several years. And we developed like a friendship over time, and one day we were just sitting and chatting, and we were in a public place, so it wasn't in a church setting or anything like that. And we were talking about different things, and, and the topic came up of how um, this person felt a, a guilt or a heaviness over something that had happened in their past, and they believed that, or they thought that God was going to punish them, or there was going to be some sort of punishment for them for what had happened in their past. And you know, in that moment, I remember feeling the stirring of Holy Spirit in me. To encourage them to say that, hey, like, actually, that's not true. Like, God is not going to punish you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And, you know, for me, I was like, there's really that hesitancy from my heart to actually say this. Like, I'm not even talking about, like, faith and stuff, but somehow the topic has got onto God. Um, and, you know, I followed through action. Like, I said, you know, God loves you so much. And what I said to them as well was, you know, just that even sharing what you said by bringing it to the light, because the things that have been hidden or in darkness, by bringing it to the light, I truly believe the weight is going to be lifted from the rest of your shoulders already. And in that moment, I kind of felt this almost like this heaviness or this weight come off them. But in the story, it doesn't end there. Like, it wasn't comfortable for me, but I, I put my faith in action there. But then I saw God do what only He can. This person had been watching church online and Recently, in the last like, month or so, I found out that after they've been watching church online for weeks, a few weeks later, they got a postcard in the mail that just simply said, God loves you. And I had nothing to do with that postcard. I don't think God did have nothing to do with that postcard. But 
God was doing what only He can. So the miracle working power of Jesus is really working, drawing this person to Himself. God was taking them to a point exactly where they are. It has been such a transformation in this person. You know, there's such a joy, there's such a lightness, there's such a freedom. They know Jesus. They know the love of God. They know how valuable they are. They go to church, and it's quite amazing to see the transformation in their life. See, I do my part in sharing what God has said to me, but He did the work. He did what only He could. He met them exactly where they were at. And that's my encouragement for you today. But together, as we share our faith, as we bring people to Jesus, the miracle working power of Jesus is at work. But as we bring together our faith and our action, we will see the action of people being restored to our relationship with God. So let's pray. Dear Lord God, I just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And thank you for the assurance that we can have that you love each and every one of us. And you love our loved ones, you love our friends and our family who are yet to know you, who are yet to encounter you. And I just pray, Lord, as we go through this place, that you will give us strategy, that you will give us insight, that you will give us faith in the action and to operate in your miracle working power. And we the same in Amen. Friends, if you're here this morning and you know, you're hearing all about what Jesus is about being restored to relationship with God, and you might say, you know what, like, I need that in my life. Because we're talking about sharing our faith with others, but I need that faith in my life. So can I encourage you this morning that God loves you so much. He wants to be in close relationship with you. He wants to know you. He wants to give you an abundant life, give you peace, give you rest, give you hope. And so if you're here in this room this morning or you're watching online, and you want to be restored to our relationship with God, perhaps you, you want to walk closely with God, but you've been away from God for a while. Or perhaps you've never made a decision to say, yes, I want to know you, God. I want, I want to give you an opportunity to do so. So what we're going to do is I want to ask the whole church to close their eyes and we'll pray our prayers together. And if that's you, I want to invite you to say this prayer with this God. And just so I know that you're included in this prayer, in fact, through this morning, I'll ask you to lift your hand. You can lift it up in one place and you can put it down. And then we'll pray this prayer together. Is there anyone here who needs to say that prayer for the first time or as a rededication to God? Let's pray together, church. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that you love me. I thank you that you are, you are Lord. And I ask you now to come and show your love to me. I ask you to be Lord of my life. I want to follow you and know you and live the life you have for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.